Welcome, I'm Heidi Higgins, and you are listening to K-12 On Learning, sponsored by Stride. I have been looking forward to this episode for a long while. Today you will meet Leilani M. Brown. She was recognized by Savoy Magazine to be in the top 100 Blacks in corporate America and named a woman of power and influence by the National Organization of Women. Leilani is an author and a highly sought-after speaker on a variety of topics such as women in the workforce, personal branding, and diversity and inclusion. But the best part is that she is Senior Vice President at Stride Incorporated over strategic partnerships and external engagement. Leilani is the author of From Campus to Cubicle, 25 Tips for Your First Professional Year, a career guide for young professionals and recent graduates. And even with all this success, I found her to be the warm kind of person with whom you could enjoy a long conversation and come away enriched. I will provide links to her book and the website and the podcast notes today, as well as access to the Stride Career Prep, where you can see her influence for good for the students and alumni of the Stride Brands of Education. Leilani M. Brown, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for asking. And I am Senior Vice President of Strategic Partnerships here at Stride. I've been with the company going on three years and largely focused on providing college and career partnerships for the benefits of our students. I think it's important to recognize in this work that one size does not fit all and there's not one pathway to career success and career movement and mobility. So we think about our role in providing exploration, exposure, and experience so that all of our high school students and graduates have a good shot at success. So it's been a really interesting journey. We have connected students to employer partners and sponsoring higher ed institutions. That's our next phase by providing them with job shadowing industry chats. And now we're moving on to internships and hopefully full-time employment placements. We're really, really excited about that. Prior to coming to Stride, I had been chief marketing officer for an insurance company in New York. What is the benefit of preparing for a career while you're in high school? I always talk about it in three ways. I talk about our programs providing exposure, experience, and exploration. And I talk about it in that way because it is so unfair and scary to ask a 14-year-old, what do you want to be at 14 for the rest of your life? And I say it's unfair because they have no idea about the range of possibilities that are available to them. The exposure, exploration, and experience as early as middle school gives you a greater sense of the possibilities for yourself and just of the world, in the world. But also what I hope it does create is an agility that gives you the ability to move into different careers over time. If you think about it, when you were a little girl growing up, there was nothing that said that you were going to be a podcast host within an online education company, a virtual education provider, or the largest virtual education provider. There was no roadmap for my role either. I hope that what we're doing is giving young people a more agility to move into the careers that are yet to be created. And hopefully they're meaningful long-term careers versus the jobs. Because jobs can be eliminated. 
But your ability and your skill to do that thing in that way, in the way Heidi does it, is very unique. That gives you staying power. I hope we're giving them staying power and agility to move through and, and have careers. And the way I grew up, it was very important that I become not only employed, but employable. That's the employability factor for a lifelong, meaningful career. I think that that's really, really important. At the same time, there are kids that know what they want, and I think we should give them the what they want at that age. Give them the ability to change their mind. But if you know that you're really good with technology and you really want to be in that field, I think giving them the exposure and putting them on that path and exposing them in that way, I think is fantastic. I happen to be a mom to a high school senior who knows exactly what he wants, and that is to be an artist. So I try to line him up in that way. But I always say, say to him, you have the luxury of changing your mind. And a lot of people don't have the luxury of changing their mind, but you have the luxury of changing your mind. I hope that if it doesn't work for you at any point, you look up and you say, I want to change my mind. But I think that that's what high school is about. That's what college should be about in some way. That is the process of letting your life unfold and letting the interests unfold in some kind of way. I think that if we're fostering that, then I feel like that's a good place to be. I'm excited about that as opposed to saying, this is what you are at 13, because that's daunting. And there certainly are young people that are saying, I know I want to be a doctor. I know I want to be a nurse. I know I want to work in the medical field. And I think that that's great too. But again, even within that field or that sector, there's a range of things that you might be able to do. And we should expose them to that. There are young people who want to work in healthcare, but don't want to be clinicians or connected to patient care. There are a range of roles. And then there are roles that are yet to be created. So that's the special sauce that we're doing within the career prep organization at Ed Strike. I love the word agility. Reminds me of a, of a cat that lands on its feet. Yes. And we want to be prepared. Yes, yes. I mean, think about the near-term, some of the near-term impacts from an industry standpoint. Post-COVID, the hospitality industry took an, a hit like no other industry. I mean, they had reductions in force across every sec- every subsector from hotels to the cruise lines to the airlines. Those are businesses that will come back, but not in the same way. At the same time, the healthcare industry was creating, the healthcare sector was creating new jobs, telemedicine, telehealth, contact tracing, testing, and uh, virus medication administration, which doesn't necessarily require a medical degree or a full doctor degree. The agility is, is really, really important. It is. And thank you. We want to have a career that is COVID proof or yes. come what may proof. Right. Those are critical things. So what are some of the most exciting aspects of the career prep that you are working on? Well, we're really excited about this next phase of job shadowing in industry talks. So last year, we had a record number of young people around the world dialing in, zooming in to participate in industry chats with a very diverse group of industries and people in different professions. And they were so engaged. It was wonderful to watch. We even had students dialing in in their nighttime from India in the summer. And that was wonderful. We're excited about what we're doing in the school year 
and providing a connection in the school year that's very sector focused. And so we're going to be looking at some things that people might not always think about or not top of mind, like manufacturing and or agribusiness and what it is to be in the agribusiness sector right now. We're also implementing a new alumni services platform within Stride. And we think about it, we think about alumni now as any Stride connected alumni. So if you've come into our ecosystem, whether it's through our managed public schools or our career prep schools, or even if your school district was a client or an adult, we think about it as you're part of the Stride family. And we want to provide opportunities that connect you to employment, higher ed opportunities, as well as to provide you some professional skills and some boosters to refresh and make you career ready at this moment. And so we are reaching out with a campaign to really attract the 20 years, 20 plus years of alumni that we've had since we've been connected. So that's a project that we're kicking off. And then finally, I'm really excited about some higher ed partnerships that I can't name just yet. But we will be rolling out a program where Stride Connected alumni have a significant discount on tuition in an online university program, as well as a program that may connect them directly to both an earn and learn opportunity where a sponsoring employer pays their tuition, minimizes or eliminates any student debt, and they are working while they're pursuing a degree. We're really busy, <laughs> but those are the things that we are putting in place to launch in the coming uh, in the coming months, and we're really excited about that. Congratulations! Wow, this is great news. We've we've heard a lot about partnerships, and you've been very instrumental in working with Tallow specifically, and and several others. But what are, what kinds of opportunities are now available to online learners that we haven't had before? Well, I think the first. First and foremost, one of the things that I think is really exciting about people who are native to online learning is that our learning curve around what has happened through the pandemic was greatly diminished. I mean, we were already there. And I think that the young people who have gone through a deliberately designed online learning experience, not emergency virtual learning at home because your school is closed, the difference, (laughs) but the young people who have moved through a, an online or virtual classroom in the way that we design it, I think that they're even more ready for what's emerging as remote work experiences. I think we can expect for our employer partners and corporate partners to be coming to Tallow and through Tallow and to Stride to be connected to our students because we already know how to do it. You know, if you think about the onboarding, there have been job changes and job movements and people who have come, come to companies during covid and have never been to the office. Their onboarding experience is probably not unlike the unboxing experience that our students go through when they're uh, starting a new school year. And I think that our students and our alumni are gonna have a distinct advantage in, in the emerging virtual workplace. So that's another way to think about another silver lining coming out of the pandemic, and I think particularly for our students. Thank you. I think you're right. Tell me what a student who enrolls with us, what's the first thing that they can encounter? What kinds of actual experience are they going to begin right after they enroll? I think they vary class to class, school to school, but I would hope that they're going to feel immediately connected to their cohort of students and their virtual cohort of students, connected to their teacher or teachers, 
and feel that they're part of a community that's much broader than their immediate, you know, 30 person classroom might be offline, that they would be connected in, in a meaningful way to thousands of students across the country and know that they're not alone. They're not having an experience that's very isolated. Prior to COVID, again, your homeschooling population and your online school population was something in the area of two to three percent. And now this experience has been broadened and they're going to probably find a lot more in common with their fellow students than they might have before. What is one piece of advice you'd like to give a family or a student considering career learning? Knowing some of the concerns, I would say first, please recognize that this is not an alternative school, not a vocational school, but a high school experience plus. And I would say a high school experience plus plus. So you are going to have a high school education and experience and curriculum plus exposure to business and industry so that you can have an informed point of view about what you want to be when you grow up. You're also going to have practical and recent industry experience that gives you a leg up as you move forward. You would also have different types of higher ed opportunities presented to you as a result of being in our program. And you're going to have exposure to real practical industry experts and professionals that are working in their field, whether it be through video or job chats or even one-to-one mentoring or group mentoring that may be part of our program in your particular school. And that varies. But I think that that's a unique thing. When you are selecting our program, you are really taking advantage of our scale and our connection and our technology and our innovation in a way that high schools at the local level respectfully can't do. And so it's not unlikely that the student in California is going to have access to a partner or a partner talk in industry in Illinois or some business and industry in Idaho and vice versa. And so in many ways, it removes some of the limits that geography can place on you too. And as we move toward worldwide work. We're not limited by that little town we live in. That's right. That's right. And it makes it, you know, it brings it right to where it meets you where you are. You are an author and we want to talk a little bit about that and celebrate your success. Not only have you authored a book, but you are an author of several articles that have been published in magazines. My passion and my outside interests were really linked to education and what I would consider participation. And making sure that people who look like me and look out like me uh, have a greater opportunity to participate, whether or not you are a student of color, a woman of color, a woman, a first generation, high school student going to college or whatever the first are, that you have a fair shot at participating. And what I learned in observing some behavior of young professionals as they were coming into the workplace was that some of the missteps that they would make might be potential derailers. And I thought that that was tragic, especially when you consider the amount of time, money, resource, and investment that we often make into our higher education in college. So I started to share tips on creating staying power and professional tips. And those 25 tips led to me writing a book, From Campus to Cubicle, 25 Tips for Your First Professional Year. I published the book in 
2016. I'm so uh, proud that it's still resonating and relevant. And I speak to a lot of young people through that. What inspired you? You've told us a little bit about that background, but what inspired you to become an author? We're always communicating, sharing our thoughts. I think even more now through social media. So we're always in this process of writing and sharing our thoughts. In this particular instance, I had something to say. I wanted to make sure that I was offering practical advice to young people who were entering the workforce. And so I felt compelled to share what I had learned through a lot of different bumps and bruises and and along the way. Some of them were personal lessons. Some of them were things that I observed. I really wrote the book to help and to guide, not only for the student themselves, but also for the parents who were sort of looking and watching and wanting to get to coach and counsel. So it was really to provide a service, which I thought in a point of view that really needed to be told. Excellent. And I thought it was interesting that you said that you came up with 25 tips and built from there. What was your process? What things did you feel like your education brought you when you were writing your book? From a process standpoint, in this particular book, my prior role was chief marketing officer for an insurance company. And so every year you'd have a new entrance to our company and the interns come in and I was the person giving the marketing talk. And so we talk about marketing. And at the end, I'd, I'd open it up for a Q&A with the audience. And I would say, you can ask me anything, any questions about the presentation, about marketing, communications, about brand and brand strategy, or even just about working. People really wanted to hear what I had to say as a woman, as a Black woman, as a relatively young, at the, at the time, professional and executive, and they wanted some advice. There's a fair amount of uncertainty. You're moving forward, you're coming out of high school, you're coming out of college. For the first time, there's no obvious next step. And so there's a counsel seeking and an advice seeking that happens in those Q&As. And some of those questions were how to impress your boss, how to be successful, how to process feedback. The answers were obvious to me, but not so obvious to the, to the asker. And so I would give these talks and at the end, I would start to answer thematically probably these 25 things. And I started to write it down as a list of tips. So then it became kind of popular. Some of my colleagues said, would you come in and talk to this next person? Would you come in and talk to this next person or this next group? And then I started to receive requests from different colleges and universities, counseling centers. I started to be asked to come and talk at a, a couple of high school graduations. I said, I think there's something here. And I had this list of tips. I decided to develop it into the book. The process of the book was rather rapid. And I tell this story a little bit tongue in cheek, but it's a true story. I had decided in January of that new year, I don't make resolutions, but I, I create goals that I wanted to publish a book. And this seemed like a good place to start and something good to write about. But I also knew from a marketing perspective that the most valuable way to do this would be to release it right in time for graduation because it's a great graduation gift. So I wrote the book in four months. I had the outline and the tips. I went about publishing it. They say that all writing is rewriting. And I just started writing and I worked on it every day, every morning and every night, four o'clock to five o'clock in the morning in the evening before, once everyone had gone to bed, I would start writing and writing. I hired the illustrator who could see the vision. And I knew that it didn't have to be long, but short and concise writing is actually even more difficult 
I had a group of friends, one of them has a, her PhD in English literature, look at some early drafts. At about 85% of the way there, I had a friend tell me, it's ready. And I said, oh, it's only 85% of the way there. And he said, you're always going to be 85% of the way there. Let it go. I followed his advice and his counsel, and I did. I let it go. I published the book. The writing is one thing, and, and being committed and setting a deadline and just publishing it, right? Not overthinking it. It was a very valuable lesson for me. The other part of it, though, is the self-publishing and ultimately pulling on it, the skills, the network that you have to publish and distribute the book. So I didn't let anything get in my way. I self-published a book. I learned how to publish a book, and I learned how to market a book. I learned how to leverage social media in a very different way. And in four months, we had sold out of our first run. That's impressive. What a great story. So as a writer, does that mean you're a reader as well? I'm a reader. I try to do a book a week. Now I'm probably at about a book every two weeks. Now I am a, I'm a reader and a listener reader too. So I will toggle between a physical book and an audible copy of it because I'm always on the go or I'll be listening in the background, but I am a reader. I swap books and podcasts and audibles and things like that for, for mindless television. Sometimes our students don't know and our learners don't know that in order to write, you really do need to read and understand how to tell a story. And yes. I think to... it cultivates an intellectual curiosity too, right? And I think it's a good diversion. You never know when you're going to recall something that's very relevant to the world, to what you're experiencing. And you can kind of see things from different perspectives. Developing the reading skill and being focused on reading is a muscle. It's hard for young people that are not natural readers. They'll say, I don't like to read, but yet they'll scan through social media. That's reading. That is reading and it is processing it. So you have to find the way that it works for you. Some combination of audible, visual reading, and any kind of storytelling is all part of the literary canon. I agree. Sometimes when you come to the end of a book, it's like a best friend is left and, you know, it's sad. So I jump right into the next one. Well, thank you. That's good advice. On the next subject, I want to ask you a little bit because you've had a big impact on the stride. K-12 company. Your leadership has helped employees, teachers, and families feel valued and included. Why is equity so important to you and to Stride? I'm going to try to answer this simply, which is that we all lose when we don't have the full participation of everyone because there's excellence everywhere. There is a child somewhere that will solve for some great thing if we allow them to, if we pull them in and include them. When I think about the way I grew up in New York City in the 70s and 80s, all of the brilliant people that I grew up with, and the only thing that disconnected them from success was opportunity. That's why I'm so passionate about equity. That's why I'm so passionate about it. It is a missed opportunity, not only for the individual, but all of us. All of us, that's the loss. That's a great way to say it. Let's talk about the, the women in science. Think about even the very notion of women in science, in medicine, in maternal health care. What would it be if we didn't have women operating in science and being able to connect the very idea of what it feels like to be pregnant in the medical field? So you have to have full participation 
in order to have innovation, true innovation in order to advance. If we don't have it, it's not that that one person who's not included loses. Oh, no, no. We all lose. We certainly do. Thank you, Leilani, for taking the time to join us today. I will be providing links to Leilani M. Brown's book and her website in the podcast notes. Also look for links for the Stride Prep community and the Stride Prep information site where you can learn more about these innovative opportunities available to students and alumni. Thank you for listening to K-12 on Learning, sponsored by Stride. To learn more about online public schools powered by Stride K-12, our Stride Career Prep programs that foster lifelong learning, or any of our private school or individual course offerings, please go to stridelearning.com or k12.com. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and feel free to leave us a good review. We hope you'll join us next time for K-12 on Learning.